Speaking of the LSU Tigers, it's time to continue our SEC Make or Break series. And today, we're focusing on the LSU Tigers. Make or Break factors for the Bayou Bengals. Lance, what you got? I think there are two really important ones. And obviously, number one, I think you have to be able to ask the question, can LSU find a quarterback this offseason and not go with a two-quarterback system and kind of stick with one guy? I think whenever you look at the two options that they have, obviously T.J. Finley transferring out of the program to Auburn, you got to go between Mac Johnson, Max Johnson, and Miles Brennan. Max Johnson, uh, 58.7 completion percentage last season, but he threw for over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns, only one interception. That's the most impressive part about his his statistics, in addition to to beating Florida. And it, it, whenever he was in, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't commit turnovers. He just played solid, and that's why I think they got to go with him as the starter. But I think a lot of people are also really high on what Miles Brennan could do, especially in the passing game last season before he got injured. Through three games, 60% completion percentage, over a thousand yards. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, eight or 8.5 yards per completion. I believe that's what it is. Very, very talented quarterback as well. And then they bring back a lot of receiver production. Kayshawn, I'm not going to try. It's 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 uh, Boutte, right? Yes, it is Boutte. Kayshawn Boutte, a, a sophomore. He was really talented last season. Obviously, they lose Terrence Marshall, but they bring back Jerry Jenkins and Coy Moore as well to go along with Boutte, they've got some really talented receivers, even though they've had some amazing NFL talent depart over the last couple of seasons. But it's it's finding a quarterback that can get the ball to those guys. And they've got two really good options. They just got to go with one. Max Johnson, I believe, is the better option than Miles Brennan at this point. And you have to look at the competition that the two teams faced and how LSU performed in those two in, in those games based on who was at quarterback. What, Miles Brennan got three games to Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Missouri. What else you do? One and two. Yep. And went one and two. And then the 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 keys were handed off to TJ Finley due to the injury, and we didn't see Miles Brennan ever again. He loses to Mississippi State 44 to 34, loses to Missouri 45-41, and of course he beat Vanderbilt 41 to 7. Woo! You know, but that was Miles Brennan. Max Johnson got two games at the end of the year. He got Florida and he got Ole Miss, and he won both of them. And he looked good doing it. And the offense scored 37 and 53 points. And I, I know that those Florida and Ole Miss defenses were not great, but you got to be able to, excuse me, I was almost sneezed. You got to be able to execute uh, against teams that are not good playing defensively. So they, he played well. I, I agree with you. I think he's got to be the guy, but a lot of people are high on Miles Brennan. It's going to be interesting to see who they go with, but I believe once they go with the guy, they got to be able to stick with him and ride it out. Another make-or-break factor that I think is crucial for this team is how much can this secondary improve with guys like Derek Stingley coming back. 323 yards per game allowed by that secondary last season. That was 127th nationally, next to worst in the entire country. You can't have that this season if you're going to have a 9 or 10 win year. It's funny. People love this defensive backfield. They love Stingley. They love Eli Rex. They love these two cornerbacks. And you, you can look at PFF. You can look at... Any social media account, major media outlet out there, and the way that they talk about this LSU secondary is like, oh my goodness, they have the these elite quarterbacks, best tandem in the country at quarterback. But then you look at the stats last year, and these both of these guys played. 
Right. And another interesting stat to note, obviously, we're reading Athlon Sports magazines that have come out over the last week or so. Probably my favorite part of the year is whenever these college football previews come out. Really exciting. But a really interesting stat to note is after surrendering surrendering 6.5 yards per pass attempt in 2019, LSU allowed 9.7 in 2020. The 3.2 yard increase was the worst in the nation. Together, the Tigers saw a 6.5-yard drop in net yards per pass attempt, 2.0 yards worse than any other team in college football. So both offensively and defensively, pass yards per uh, yeah pass yards per attempt went in the opposite direction that you would want to go. But this secondary, like you mentioned, like, a lot of guys are really high on Derek Stingley. Stingley. A lot of guys are really high on Eli Ricks. And I, th- I think it's very similar to the situation with Auburn's offense is that they need to be put in a different scheme and they need to be coached properly. Derek Stingley was not one of the best freshmen in the country two years ago for nothing he's real he's a really talented prospect to have him back for a third season he's got to be special for LSU but they got to be able to improve that secondary the question is how much this all you can do is go up after giving up 320 yards per game all you can do is get better but how much are they going to get better I think it's going to determine how good of a season that they have because we've talked about it before the the SEC is shifting to a more pass oriented league you got to be able to defend the pass and I'm not saying you got to be able to do it at an elite level you just got to be able to do it decently in order to have a good season because your offense is going to be able to keep up I'm going to look at running game as well another make or break factor for LSU too much was put onto this quarterback position for LSU last season that had a revolving door too much pressure was put onto it when you look at the running game for LSU that ranked 109th nationally at yards per game on the ground That is not what you've came to expect from LSU. And last year, simply put, they just could not run the football. Their leading rusher last year had 446 yards on the ground. And I know it was a 10-game season, but still. They're not recruiting well at that position either. It's not like they're going out and getting really talented guys. I mean, John Emery Jr. a couple years ago was pretty good, and now he's gotten into the point where he is actually one of their starting running backs. But they're going to have to rediscover their rushing attack. When I look at LSU... Preview magazines, not just preview magazines, but also, once again, I go back to major media outlets. You look at the national perspective on LSU, they all expect LSU to bounce back. And Auburn consistently right now, and I am on this soapbox. I am standing on it. I I am on this, okay? This is my crusade across the offseason. What changed this offseason for people to fall in love with Ole Miss at LSU and drop Auburn like lead in water. What changed? Of course, coaches changed at Auburn. You saw a, a change in the coaching staff because Auburn's committed to trying to get better and improve from mediocrity year in and year out. But what changed at LSU and Ole Miss for people to fall in love? And since we're talking about LSU, let's talk about LSU. I don't... They lost 48-11 to to Auburn last year. Now, don't, don't forget that. You remember what kind of up and down the field just it it was kicking the can up and down the field you saw that everybody saw that what changed for people to have confidence that LSU all of a sudden is back to being the second or third best team in the SEC West and that all of a sudden they've closed the gap and they've gone 37 points better than Auburn to close the gap now do I believe Auburn's 37 points better than LSU last year probably not but what changed for people to for people to fall in love with that because they had to go and make coaching changes themselves at right. coordinator positions both coordinator positions they cleaned house Orgeron's on the hot seat the first thing to go is the coordinators then it's the head coach 
There are no more scapegoats in Baton Rouge. Also, you look at the distra- the distractions outside of everything on the field that they struggled with. You name a problem. You could spin a wheel. It, it, you could have a spin the wheel of LSU problems right now. They've got it, okay? <laughs> you got the NCAA looking into various programs, not just football, but also basketball. Then you have all of the issues surrounding multiple players inside the program from previous years whether it be violence, sexual assault, whatnot, this LSU program's dealing with issues right now in any, in any capacity. I just, I'm having such a hard time figuring out where people latched onto that stuff got better. If anything, they lost their best players from last year to the draft. Where, where did things get better? When you, well, when you look at it, they do bring back 16 starters, and they bring back nine on that defense that was terrible last season. The only thing that I can think is because Bo Pelini is gone and they got a new coordinator, that they will somehow be able to figure it out substantially enough so where, where they can have an, an eight or nine win season and, and make that jump. I just I don't see it. I don't see you going from 323 yards per game allowed passing-wise and jumping to where you're now allowing 21, 20 points per game. You're allowing about 240, 230. Even still, that's not good. That's like 80th best in the country. I don't see them making that significant of a jump. And if, if anything, it's going to be more difficult because you're breaking in a new co- uh, a coordinator on, on the defense. I just don't I, – I agree with you. I don't see where this LSU team got better. And if anything, they still have quarterback controversy. They've got to be able to find a quarterback. Their their head coach, like you mentioned, the coordinators are first to go, then it's the head coach. He's got to be able to figure some of this stuff out because it, 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 there's not enough on paper to say that they they make that jump from a five-win team to a nine-win team. And I know if they had non-conference play last season, they would have been a seven- or eight-win team. Maybe, I would say seven and five would probably be the season if they if, if, ceiling if they played a normal season, but... I don't see on paper how this coaching staff and these players can make that jump. So I'm saying, I'm looking at Orgeron and saying, you got to be able to prove to me that you are one of the best coaches, not only in the country, but in the SEC. And we've seen time and time again at other schools, his track record's not been overly impressive. He just got right, he just got the right coordinators at the right time in 2019. I don't believe that it was his coaching ability that made that 2019 LSU team special. And he's got to be able to to set the tone this year and prove that he is a legitimate threat in the country as far as as far as him as a coach. I don't care about his coordinators. I need him to be able to coach this team to victory. And I don't see it going from nine, five wins to nine. I don't see him doing that. Which, if you look at last year, they were in a similar boat as Auburn at the end of the year after they were able to beat Florida and Ole Miss. They're not a five-win team if it's a normal year. They, they're still going to a bowl game. They won seven or eight games. But I'm just still trying to figure out what, where everybody, how everybody's perceptions have gotten to where they're at with how Auburn is viewed versus some of these other teams. And LSU is one of those teams that is dumbfounding to me how everybody just jumped from what we saw from the product that we saw last year to where we're at and maybe it is the fact of how they ended last year how they beat Florida thanks to a shoe being thrown and then Ole Miss of course they couldn't stop that they can't stop anything they've that defense when they were losing they were giving up more than 45 points a game and when they were winning they were giving up like 35 you know like I mean you're still not much better you know it may have been a 10 point difference but still 35 still pretty bad Uh, it's a soapbox that I'm on right now I know I'm railing on it I, I just don't know where people are getting to that there's just going to be this huge jump for LSU looking at the schedule for me 
another make or break factor that I'm taking a look at what happens in the first five weeks for LSU of course we've talked about a potential trap for LSU in week one going to the Rose Bowl at UCLA if you want to talk about experience being a reason why a team is going to be good this upcoming year which that's the way people are viewing this LSU team will look no further than UCLA they're like top five in the country and returning production from last year's season and they've got one of the most electric quarterbacks in the country as well that nobody's talking about and Dorian Thompson Robinson so I really like this UCLA team does LSU uh, SEC talent probably does win out in the Rose Bowl but if I'm looking for an upset in that first five weeks I might not look further than than week one against UCLA on the road then you got McNeese State and you got Central Michigan two wins there you're sitting at two and one but then you're at Mississippi State and you got Auburn at home what do you do in these first five weeks do you lose a couple of games do do are you wobbly getting out the gates is it is it like that last year for Les Miles where they went into that Auburn game and you looked at you looked at both the coaches on the sideline and you said whoever loses this game is gone and it's not going to be like that this year because obviously it's Brian Horson's first season but is it like that on LSU side where they're going into that Auburn game and you're like man if they lose this game because they've already got a loss on the schedule say they lost to Mississippi State or they lost to UCLA you choose I don't think they lose both but say they lose one of them they've already got a loss on the schedule say they lose to Auburn they're two losses and then the then the real part of the schedule gets going right then you got to play Alabama later on in the year you got to play Florida you got to play A&M after Auburn you got to go to Kentucky I know that was in no particular order but you look at the back end of the schedule you still got to play Ole Miss there's a four-week stretch at Kentucky versus Florida at Ole Miss at Alabama where I could easily see them losing three of those games if they have two losses in the first five weeks of the season. The wheels could fall off on this thing pretty quickly after the first five weeks if they don't handle their business in the first five weeks of the season. This is not a nine-win team. This is not a nine-win team. The more that I look at it, this is not a nine-win team. UCLA in week one, they bring back 19 starters. They bring back nine on an offense that averaged, we talked about this before, over 35 points per game, and they were incredibly balanced. They were a good offensive team. Chip Kelly's got them rolling right now. On that side of the football, defense atrocious. The defense but... has been bad, but you know they'll, they'll be able to score with LSU for sure and it's at home how do I, I don't see I don't see LSU especially if they have quarterback issues week one I don't see them making it out of the Rose Bowl with a win now I, I don't want to go that far because once again we, we look at SEC talent and last week we did our predicting the first loss for every SEC team and we were kind of gauging you know who it may be I I, I think it's still very possible very you know if, if not you want to say more than likely that LSU is undefeated going into that Auburn game sitting at 4 0. But I go, we're talking about make or break factors here for them. If they take a loss in those first four weeks before they go in to play Auburn, and I, and I think this Auburn team's every bit as talented with what they return on both sides of the football as LSU, whoever's got more things figured out going to week five, which Auburn at least has the chance to play like Penn State on the road, a team that's really got similar talent as LSU. Auburn's going to have that chance I don't know if LSU through the first four weeks does get that same SEC feel now UCLA once again we like it but it's still not the physical taxing nature of an SEC football team Penn State can provide that for you if you're Auburn but I still go to you get to game five I can see I you know we've talked about this a lot I like Auburn's chances at Baton Rouge this year yeah talent usually wins out and I will say this about the UCLA game if they can find a quarterback and stick with him the entire game and that secondary improves even just a little bit they'll have a shot to win that game because again talent wins out but if they don't figure out things quick they're they're going to fall apart they will fall apart that second you can't give up over 300 yards a game and expect to win in the SEC you just can't 
and is one offseason enough and of course yet yeah, last year was a weird year for everybody defenses across college football were down last year giving up 25 a game last season was considered pretty good compared to national averages in college football last year but still did they improve substantially enough to flip the script in one offseason where you're having to to install two new coordinators that that that's the real question for LSU how much do they have figured out going into week five when they got to take on Auburn what are they doing in those first five weeks because after that there are teams that they know how to score Ole Miss Alabama Florida they know how to score and they can punish an LSU defense that maybe if it's if it's resembling anything like it did last year those teams can score on them and let me tell you Florida isn't going to be throwing a shoe this time when they take on LSU they're they're going to be looking for some revenge and payback from last year's game and I think they very much so can go and get it same as Alabama as always they're looking to punish them and then Ole Miss also another team looking for revenge against LSU a team that lost a close game and can put a stamp at the midseason mark it's going to be an interesting year let's just say that it's going to be a very interesting year for LSU